All right, guys, welcome to today's episode of the Nomadic Outdoorsman podcast. Today on the show with me is going to be my wife, Samantha Matthews, and we're going to be recapping our trip to Alaska. So we've only been one time, but we fell in love. I mean, we almost just stayed there and didn't come back to the lower 48. But we got to experience a lot of cool things, things that we never thought we'd be able to. And it started like the second we got off the plane, flying in, seeing the landscape, flying over insanely huge mountains. I mean, I'm telling you, the scale of that um, part of the country is unbelievable. And if you haven't gone there, I hope that this podcast encourages you to plan a trip to get out and experience what Alaska has to offer. But we're going to be recapping a hunt, some fishing that we did, both on the rivers and out on the ocean, and then hiking, blueberry picking. I mean, there is so much that happened all in the span of one week. And it's a week that forever changed our lives. We look forward to going back there again. Um, unfortunately, with all the craziness going on in the world right now, we were not able to get up there this year, but we look forward to going back up next year. And hopefully we can flip the rolls next year. And Sam can bring the rifle up with her. Um, we'll still continue to do a lot of fishing and hiking around and that type of thing. But listen to this podcast. I hope you take a lot away from it, even if it just inspires you to get out and do a crazy cool adventure just like this one. So please help me welcome to the show, my wife, Samantha Matthews. Like he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And uh, with me now is my wife, Samantha Matthews. We're going to be going over our Alaska trip, which was unbelievable. Um, but for starters, thanks for being on the show, babe. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so for those that don't know, my wife has a pretty big Instagram following. I mean, big for small time people, <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, so some of you are going to be listeners that came over from her Instagram page, um, husbands. I know a lot of you guys were like, Hey, let us know when you're going to put the podcast out. Yeah. And so thank you guys for joining. But for those that haven't followed you, Sam, could you go ahead and share a little bit about yourself, history, that type of thing? Yeah. So we on Instagram are at we are Dan and Sam and I share everything from mom life to travel, to adventure, to marriage, Basically everything, anything and everything. A lot of dance humor too. Um, I let's see a little bit about me. I'm 29 years old. We have two kids, almost 29. Two kids. Canyon is almost four, and Ember is two and a half. I coordinate weddings, so I'm wedding coordinator, full time mom. Um, love the outdoors. Love home decor and adventure and travel. Yeah. And. Um, again, for those that don't know, she started a, an online wedding guide business. And so she started selling those and that's really one of the big factors in me starting this podcast was I, I started staying home throughout the day, not having to go to work 40 hours a week. And so in talking about that, one of my, one of my dreams and goals was to start a podcast, get people connected to God through the outdoors. And I thought a podcast would be a great platform for that. And so that was pretty cool that your business kind of gave us the freedom for me to come home and do this. Yeah, and definitely. We like the idea of spending more time as a family and kind of working on our own schedule and not allowing our jobs to kind of take control and have freedom in us. So yeah. Yeah, we I mean, we really started living more of a nomadic lifestyle about a year ago. I would say a year and a half ago we bought uh, our first camper and started the renovation process. Mm -hmm. It was getting so old <laughs> and frustrating. I really wanted to buy an RV and Dan was like, I don't get it. Like why? And I was like, Hey, let's just buy it, renovate it, rent it out. I wanted to live in it right away, but it just wasn't kind of in the cards for us at that time, at that point in our life. And after renting it out and then a turn of events, which we'll talk about later, um, kind of led us back to Missouri and we ended up living in it and we loved it. Yeah, we lived in it for a couple months um, in a few different locations and really enjoyed it. Yeah. But um, through another connection, a great friend of ours offered us a, a spot to rent out on their property. 
And so we moved in there, ended up selling the camper, but through that lifestyle, through that short transition period, we realized how much we enjoyed traveling, how much of a priority we needed to make family time, time with each other. And so that kicked off a lot of cool adventures. Yeah, just and changed our, our mindset on a lot of things, like the simplicity of life, being intentional with our time, and yeah, focusing on family and the outdoors. Yeah, so that's a little bit about you um, personally. Let's dive into kind of what your experience has been with the outdoors, like with canoeing, hiking, camping, hunting, fishing. It doesn't have to go super in-depth, but um, did you grow up with that stuff? Um, so I grew up with um, a single mom, my sister and I did, and we didn't. We got outside like for camping and stuff when it involved pack everything into the car and let's go camping, which was at a campsite, and we loved it. It was fun. Um, very thankful for those memories, but glamping, okay. I would say more glamping. Yeah. I would say the adventure road ended there with camping outside in the car or not. To give you guys kind of the idea of camping that it was pack up do. the dog, pack up two suitcases each, pack up everything. But I, I experienced my first glamping trip with them after we got married um, we lived in Missouri for a good chunk of time before we moved out to Colorado. And <laughs> Sam, you looked at me and you go, "Hey, my mom's wanting to go camping over Labor Day weekend." And, she and said I'm she's just like, cook "Steaks." <laughs> Hold on, wait, camping and Labor Day weekend and steaks? And yeah, I'm in 100%. <laughs> and in my mind, camping meant like hiking in, setting up a tent, yeah. uh, making a fire, doing all of that. Well, what I didn't realize is by camping, she meant renting a cabin at the local KOA. <laughs> Which was awesome. And then by cooking steaks for me, she meant chicken. Yep. And... We had facials. <laughs> then also, that night, the first night, they said... Oh, hey, tomorrow we're all going to get facials or manicures or pedicures, whichever one you want. It's just one of those. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you guys have fun with that. And they're like, no, you're coming too. Yeah, Dan joined a family of girls. And, for sure. Yeah, I don't know why I just told my listeners all of this. <laughs> They're probably going to quit listening. But. but with that being said, that was my experience was just car camping. And I did go on a few camping trips and canoe trips with friends. My sister is Dan's age, and so that's how I met Dan. Um, so all of our friends would go, and I experienced that probably was the first canoe trip I've been on. I can't remember. I don't have a good memory of my younger years, but I skied as a child, but that was it. And so when I met Dan, it kind of, it was relearning a lot, but it was fun. And it was like fun to try things in a different way. Yeah. So we started, I mean, we started out kind of small going on local camping trips, uh, doing rivers, things like that. But then um, actually before we got married, Sam, you went out to Colorado to nanny for yeah. a family. And then through that, that kind of gave me the connection to Colorado also. So once we got married, mm -hmm. we honeymooned out in Colorado. Yeah. We started traveling out there every couple of years. Really loved it. Loved the mountains. Mm -hmm. Loved the wide, just the wide open, untouched places, if yeah. that makes sense. Like getting out where nobody else is or if other people are out there, they're they're there temporarily. There's not paved roads. There's not gas stations, sky, uh, like skyscrapers or any of that. And so, yeah, knowing that you were like that close to the mountains or to adventure was just intriguing. And the sunset and sunrise was different every day. Um, yeah, so many trails to hike and just so much adventure. So all of, I mean, all of our small experiences with the outdoors, I mean, I grew up in it, but you having very limited yeah. outdoor experience like that, um, we started camping, doing the hiking, floating, mm -hmm. those types of deals, and then we moved out to Colorado. Yeah. And I think that's where our dream for going to Alaska really kicked off. Yes. Very. You're right. We, like, well, before that, though, whenever I went from glamping to camping with you, it was pack everything in your bag and let's go, you know, hike four miles in. And that was new for me because... I was used to packing like multiple bags with stuff that you didn't I needed. Have a whole backpack and just for makeup. I, I did. 
didn't bring a lot of makeup, but I always, I brought a ton of change of clothes. Like whenever we went on our canoe trips, every time we flipped, which that sounds awful, but I think it was a couple times, like <laughs> I would always change clothes and have dry clothes. And everyone was like, Sam, how do you have new clothes on? Like you have dry clothes. I'm like, yeah, I just packed a lot. So whenever we would hike in, Dan and I to go, you know, cross river down at the Buffalo, it was pack everything in your bag. And so at first I would pack a lot. And then I realized that was way too heavy so that over the next few trips, I would learn, like, take less on my in my bag, which was great. Um, good learning tool. But, yeah, going out to Colorado, we um, loved the adventure there. But a friend of mine's sister lived in Alaska, and she kept posting these, like, gorgeous photos. And I'm like, Dan, we need to go there. We need to go there. And, like, month after month, she would post. And I think after a year, I was like, we need to make this happen. And I, you know, commented on one of her pictures, and she's like, hey, let us know. Like, you're welcome to come stay with us. And I was like, okay, done. Like, we need to schedule this, so. Yeah, as soon as she told me, hey, I've got a couple friends that have their bush pilot's yeah. license, they've got a plane, they want <laughs> us like to come done. up and hang out there, I'm like, okay, we need to Skype with them immediately so that I can find out when hunting seasons yeah. and fishing seasons are, and that is when we're going to plan our trip for. Yeah. And so we did. We planned our trip um, to get up there a couple days before the blacktail hunt started. Mm-hmm. And there's an early blacktail hunt when you can get out and hunt them while they're in velvet. And so we planned our trip for then, and we headed up late July last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. So it was the summer of our... We wanted to go like our for our five-year anniversary, but we got married in January. So clearly that wasn't a good time to travel. But the summer was perfect. And so leading up to the Alaska trip, you had very limited hunting, fishing experience also, I mean, yeah, everything. we had property that you fished on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've been fishing and even in my younger years I did with grandparents and my mom. But hunting, I knew nothing until getting married <laughs> to you and um, learned a lot early on where just saw your passion for it and um, just getting outside and really let that be your time because I saw that it's what you enjoyed and that was your passion. But my experience up until this point was like whatever you bring home I cook and that was I never you know never went hunting or kind of cared really about the I guess the journey to get there or the journey of the hunt it was just show me what you got and I'll cook it and I'll like find a good recipes but it was fun to kind of learn the journey of it this time and see all the steps leading up to it yeah and I mean we you had come out and sat with me in the woods a couple times, um, sat with my mom in Maybe. Wisconsin once. Yeah. Uh-huh. We did a turkey hunt in Colorado, which we'll cover in a future episode. But but yeah, as far as actually being there throughout, seeing the life of an animal taken, catching, mm-hmm. I mean, significantly larger fish than anything that we, yes. we caught in Missouri, <laughs> um, all of that was new. And then... We'll get into all of the encounters here in just a second. So why don't we do that? Why don't we go through day by day kind of what our Alaska trip looked like? Yeah. I mean, it started out. I know. We were supposed to be back there, obviously, with the zombie apocalypse (laughs) happening this year. We did not make it up there, but um, we're hoping to, again, we decided we were going to start doing it every year if possible. So, um, So starting off, we had... A long trip just to get up there. Three flights, yeah. Yeah, several flights just to get up there. We got up there really... Well, we stayed overnight Mm -hmm. in the Anchorage airport. Yep. Um, Slept on the chairs. (laughs) Slept on the chairs. Had people laughing at us because we had this awesome, awesome sleeping bag. But we ended up meeting... Was it Jason? Yep. The guy in the airport. Met an awesome guy in the airport. He was laughing uh, when we woke (laughs) up because... My head was sticking out of one end of the sleeping bag. Sam's head was sticking out of the other end, and we were all we were on a bench, and people were just <laughs> it just looked weird, like a two headed person. person. Um, and so we we met a guy named Jason, super awesome guy. We connected with him several times throughout the trip, mm-hmm. but uh, got in early that morning to Kodiak Island, like seven a.m. maybe. Yeah, our friends picked us up. Yeah. We grabbed lunch or grabbed breakfast, breakfast and then immediately started the adventures. Yeah. They're like, are you ready to hike? And we're like, let's do it. Let's do this. I mean, we're in Alaska. Might as well. <laughs> yeah. I, when they said, are you ready to hike at that point, I was committed to 
moving there, living there, <laughs> living off the land, like only foraging and hunting. We were just and, missing our kids. That was it. Yeah. We, yeah, we would just have to ship them in a box or something <laughs> up to Alaska. Um, but yeah, so first, first day we hiked up Kashavir off mountain. Mm-hmm. And it was coming right off the flight and being on little sleep. It was a little tiring, but it was also invigorating because it's like fresh air, mountain air. And I mean, we're in Alaska. Like, it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, going up to the top of a mountain, we hiked all the way to the summit. And on our way up, we were looking all over the place. They're talking about bears, but also there were kids on the hike and... I'm just thinking, aren't you guys afraid? Like your kids are just going to get eaten by a bear <laughs> all the time. But the lifestyle up there, they're so used yeah, to it, used to bear encounters, know how to act around them. Um, and so people just hike all the time and their kids and their dogs come with and it's yeah. no big deal. We learned about something called salmon berries. Oh my gosh. That was amazing. <laughs> if you don't know, think of like a strawberry and raspberry mix you think yeah raspberry and like yeah it's like a it's like a raspberry but maybe it looks like a shiny raspberry like not a little more tart but also more watered down right so basically the whole way up we were eating berries. oh they told us about them and they're like oh yeah you can pick these okay right, sure okay. we'll we'll pick a couple they were amazing and every probably three or four minutes sam and Taylor would look back and go, Dan, what what are you doing? And I'm just like stuffing my face with <laughs> like, salmon berries. Grabbing one from the right, grabbing one from the left, grabbing one. Yep. Yeah. That up, was so. my That was fun though. That was like I enjoyed that because I really felt like we were living off the land. Like we were eating and hiking and yeah. Yeah, everything it's was like just a little self sufficient. We didn't even have to bring our own snacks or anything yeah, like that. That's true. Water. And so we got up to the top of Kashaviroff or Cash and once we got up there we start I started looking around I mean I brought I had a pistol with me I thought man I'm gonna have to <laughs> shoot a bear in the face at some point um brought a pistol brought my binoculars everywhere those two things went with us everywhere yeah. everywhere we went and um we actually saw black-tailed deer yeah like, down in the valley yeah once we got to the peak we saw some Actually, before that, we saw a couple of them as we were hiking up the trail. And so that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that that was one spot that I could get out and hunt. And so we, yeah, that was basically day one. We hiked yeah. back down. We, um, let's see, went we out for unpacked. dinner. Yeah. Went out for dinner that night and then crashed. And then That's the next sexy. morning was also awesome. First of all, my body and my mind did not get used to the fact that the sun goes down at like 11 yeah. o'clock at night and it's already risen at like 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. And so every day we'd wake up, it felt like we'd spend two full days doing things before the sun would go back down again. Yeah. But we got up early and uh, the couple that we stayed with, the... Um, the guy, he's in the Coast Guard. And so he's a rescue diver. He's like, hey, listen, we can actually rent a Coast Guard boat and go out fishing. Yeah, they were nice and rented it for us. And yeah, we went out for the day. So we went out and that's when like the enormity of Alaska, I think, really hit us. I mean, yes, every day it just got better and better. But after experiencing this day, it was we were set <laughs> on so, wanting to come back. Oh, yes. So we got out, and we were ready to go halibut fishing, lingcod. Um, rockfish. Rockfish. Yeah, and, and salmon. We were hoping to kind of catch some, but we knew that fly fishing was going to be uh, the better method for that. Mm-hmm. And so we got out on the ocean, and it was almost immediate. We saw sea otters. Yeah. Sea lions. Yep. We'd catch fish here and there. We'd catch fish here and there. And then we started seeing whales. <laughs> Dan. I lost my mind. Dan was like, yeah, ecstatic, I think is the, the correct word. Yeah. It was like, forget fishing. We're <laughs> getting like, as close <laughs> to those whales as possible. We're going whale sighting. So we started cruising around. We saw whales that were, I Huge. guess, some of you may be like, that's not right. But... What we were told is that 
the whales will like roll and scrape their barnacles off on rock ledges. Mm -hmm. And so we saw a bunch of splashing fins and tails coming up um, fairly close to shore a couple different times. Mm -hmm. And so we'd go over there, look, and then all of a sudden we'd look back where we were fishing and see more whales. Mm -hmm. And so we just kind of chased chased the sightings for quite a while. Um, Ended up having a whale pop up like what? 50, 60 yards from us, maybe. Yeah. Slapped its tail in the water a couple times. Yeah. And then a big, big old turn, barrel roll, splash. So that was cool enough. I mean, that was, that alone was worth the trip for me. Yeah. At this point, we're like, how can this trip get any better? We hiked, we saw whales, we're catching fish, we're eating salmon berries. Like, this is awesome. It was like heaven. It was. So then we started catching fish. I mean, then we started catching lingcod. Yeah. Uh, the rockfish, I think, was the most surprising to me. Wasn't there a salmon or two? We did. Or yep. Silver? We caught we caught a silver salmon, um, but we caught we caught both of our limits in mm-hmm. lingcod, both of our limits in rockfish, and the rockfishing was the most surprising to me. Yeah. I mean, what did you think about that when? If I remember right, we were we were going on the boat. All of a sudden, he said, hey, listen, this is a rock pile that we're over the top of right now. Mm-hmm. And we're not casting. We're literally just dropping our lines straight down to the bottom. Yeah. Three out of the four of us dropped lines in the water and right off the one. bat. Yeah. And before Sam's even got down to the bottom, she had a fish on. Oh, yeah. And know. so she caught. She's reeling it in. I'm reeling in to help her. And... I get reeled in. I'm like trying to take pictures, super excited for her. And he's like, no, 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 keep your line in the water. Like drop it all the way down. I never even let mine hit the bottom. And so I dropped mine down. Sam dropped hers down again. Taylor dropped hers down. And it was like for a couple minutes before our lures would hit the bottom, there were fish on. Andrew was great on getting us on those fish. Oh, yeah. He he knew right where they were. Schools. Schools. Schools of fish. Schools of fish. Yeah. Herds. Herds. I Under, say groups. Underwater herds. <laughs> I said fish groups. Gatherings. Um, Schools of fish. Yeah, he was great. Great tour guide. Yeah, so we started catching fish left and right, and that was basically the rest of our day. I mean, we spent a lot of time just out yeah. catching fish, mm-hmm. turned the boat back in, rinsed it out, washed it out. Yeah, and we debated, do we want to save money and pet the fish? Fillet the <laughs> fish. Fillet the fish ourselves. Or, like, go experience something else. And we all voted on just paying to get them done so that we could kind of do our own thing and not waste time. And what which fish was shark? The rock the fish. The rock fish. Yep. So then so there was a chance of, like, chance of cutting ourselves. Yeah, he said, um, our friend Andrew said the rock fish was very difficult. Um, or th- it was more difficult to clean, which I've never paid someone to clean fish for me and he's like oh no there's a cannery right here on the island and you can take your fish and they'll vacuum seal them they'll store them until you're ready to yeah i think i'm gonna do that every time and i was like wait a minute what i because i was trying to figure out you know i need to get a vacuum sealer i want to bring some of this back and he's like no um with the with the industry the fishing industry here like they'll do everything for you they'll have it packed up ready to ship back to your house, which was awesome yeah. because throughout the week we ended up getting probably a hundred, yeah. hundred and fifty pounds of fish and venison. Yeah. So um yeah, we did the venison ourselves. Other than that the fish so we just kept taking our fish there. Yeah the fish was or all the done salmon. The, the salmon we did on our own later in the week. Oh yeah, that's right. Um and so that was basically all of the the rest of the whole first day was mm-hmm. that eating hanging out we went to before we went to the coast guard went to go tour it but we went to find sea glass oh yeah so we went to check out the hangar that the helicopters were in but before that we went on on uh, the coast yeah it? it was on base but there was this rock shore that we just walked and they said there was a thing called sea glass i had no idea yeah. what it was it turns out it's just Broken bottles, broken glass from who knows what. Yeah, tossed that in the waves. Over and... time, is put pretty much in a natural tumbler. Um, for those of you that know what a tumbler is, it just tumbles and smooths rocks and makes them shiny and polished. And that's what it does for glass. And so uh, we found red, orange, brown, clear, teal, teal, blue. Trying, we made it a challenge like who can find blue and teal because yeah. those ones were. 
quite. And so we found a bunch of sea glass. Yeah, I mean, we a brought a whole full. yeah, a whole jar full back home. Um, so that was cool. But then seeing the helicopter, learning more about the helicopters, sitting in the basket, seeing... Mm-hmm. We put the diving gear on. Yeah, diving gear on. And then seeing all of the... I mean, everybody up there, most people up there, I should say, hunt. Everybody's going on adventures. And so oh, yeah, seeing pictures of different in the hallway. different adventures that the Coast Guard members have gone on, mm-hmm. um, different hunts, different fishing trips, that type of thing. It was just all really, really cool to see. Yeah. So then we woke up uh, the next morning, which was Wednesday, I believe, mm-hmm. and we get a call from... Sam's mom, who was watching our house, kids, and vehicle, yep. and she said, hey, someone stole your Denali. <laughs> I was like, wait, did you park it in a different spot? And she's like, nope, it's gone. Yeah, so we ended up dealing a little bit that day with the stolen vehicle report, mm-hmm. talking to her, but we basically said, we don't even really care at this point. No, We're in Alaska, we and it. there's nothing that's going to change from here. And so we just kind of let the police handle it. Yeah. So that was the lowest point in our trip, but also the funniest. I mean, we were so shocked and in disbelief that we just kind of laughed about it. Yeah. And so um, we went out fly fishing for the first time that day. Yep. So Um, learned a little bit. That was pretty sweet. We got out and, I mean, we tried and tried and tried and tried and tried to catch fish um, with, with the fly fishing gear. That is something that I had never done before, yeah, like never successfully done before. I actually used to teach fly fishing. Oh yeah, you did. And uh, <laughs> having no experience, I but like tying flies, yeah, and tying like... flies and casting and all of that. But I had never successfully done it, yeah. so um, that was new to both of us. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was fun to learn. It, yeah, were you it was an experience? Were you surprised at all by the amount of fish? In the rivers? Yes, and that they did not want to bite my lure. Or what did we have? Oh, yeah, that was new. Yeah, because typically you think, oh, there's a school of fish. Let's drop the line right there. Like, surely they're hungry and going to want to bite it. But no, they're spawning, and they could care less what's in front of them. So you, yeah, you just kind of catch the lucky one who will take a bite. Yeah, we, we learned about the flossing technique. And basically casting in front of them, stripping the line past them, and as they swim up river, um, if it catches them in the mouth or the lip, you can mm-hmm. keep them. And if it catches them anywhere like the else, body. you had yeah. to let them go. Mm-hmm. And so that was interesting. But to see thousands and thousands of fish swimming through the river or being stuck at a certain spot in the river because yeah. the water wasn't high enough for them to make it any farther up at that point, that was a whole different ball game yeah. I mean I had never seen anything like that never expected it to be like that and ooh, let's talk about our first bear encounter <laughs> okay so we were at one of the spots where the fish couldn't get any farther up we were just trying to catch them and I heard a twig snap across the river from us and the river was only 15 feet yeah. across yeah and so we were we were sitting there. I heard something up higher than us. I mean, it was probably 10 to 15 feet above where we were standing. Mm-hmm. On the other side, heard a twig snap, and I just said, hey, bear. And that was it. Yeah, and Taylor's like, did you see something? He's like, nope, just heard something. But and she's like, all right, let's just take some steps back. And uh, as she's saying that. I was like, okay, drama yeah. queen. Like, we're... <laughs> Grab, she's like, grab all of your fishing gear, just all of your stuff, and just back away from the river. And I'm thinking, oh, this is over a squirrel. The squirrel's trying to hide its nut, like, just <laughs> hanging just out over there. And we're we're grabbing all our gear and getting away from the river. And so we backed up, and I'm thinking, okay, can we go back now? And this all happened in, like, five seconds. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty maybe. quick. And all of a sudden, I look up, and there are two grizzlies just directly across from us. Walking down. Staring down, and <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, sweet mother, these things are coming after us. And at that point, Taylor well, I had a couple her. thoughts. Yeah. I thought, we might get eaten. Also, this is going to be an awesome picture. 
And so yeah. I wanted to take pictures. <laughs> I look over and Taylor has her bear spread yeah, out. Pulled the pin out. Tossed the, it. I mean, yeah, the pin's gone. I mean, she just chucked that thing. She was ready to mace a bear in the and face. And I am up the hill. <laughs> I was gone. Like, I heard... you're not supposed to run from the bear, but that was like a flighter fight moment, and I just flew. I was like, I'm gone. Peace you're, out. <laughs> you're a flighter. <laughs> I'm a flighter. She and... took off. I mean, I remember, I remember Taylor saying, all right, guys, we need to get back to the trail quickly, but Slowly. don't run. <laughs> She's like, move with intention, don't run. And I just heard what sounded like a bulldozer going through the brush <laughs> behind me. And that was Sam leaving me for dead. And she was gone. I so just have to be faster than you. I'm standing you the there. Gun, though, yeah, I had I, I had a 45 and I pulled it out and I just held it in front of me as I backed up, keeping my eyes on the bears. I mean, I probably looked like such an idiot because seeing people in Alaska. And how they encounter they bears. They just sit there and keep fishing. It's just kind of like, oh, you're fishing next to me. Hey, bud, yeah. how's it going? Yeah, like, good the, luck. Yeah, just and, take what you want. I'll just sit here. And yeah, I'm here pulling out a pistol thinking I'm going to have to shoot a bear. They couldn't care less that we were there. No, but we were worried that they were going to get in between us and the vehicle. So we just kind of decided to be safe and yep. head back to the vehicle. So we backed up, uh, got up to our vehicle, drove down the road to where we could see the river. And we looked back at our spot and one bear was fully underwater and came up with a fish in its mouth. Mm -hmm. um, the other bear had already caught a fish and already been taking it back yeah. onto the bank. And, uh, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. I was like, I mean, so, every time we experienced something like this, we were more and more hooked. Oh, for sure. Every day it just kept getting better and better, despite the Denali. <laughs> but it just got better. And then we, what, went back. We Hold went... on. I feel like we just need to share... A little bit about the Denali with people and how it all ended. Because okay. there's, I mean, we kind of left it at a cliffhanger. So it we was did. stolen. A few days later, it was recovered in Nebraska. So yeah, from they pulled the guy over. Fort Collins, Colorado, mm -hmm. to somewhere in Nebraska. Grand Island. Grand mm -hmm. Island. And it <laughs> was returned to Fort Collins to a dealership. Mm-hmm where they were going to take a look at it. Our insurance was trying to figure out what to do with it. And they said, hey, you know, you can show up and get any you of your personal belongings yeah. out. You need to tell us what looks the same, what looks different. What's and been grab damaged your, and yeah. grab your stuff. And so we went to get our stuff out. We knew that they had our keys at that point. Mm -hmm. And um, we, we got there and the we, we were cleaning were. stuff out. We wanted the car seats out for the kids, and we opened the back. And if you guys have seen the other guys uh, <laughs> with Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell, and then there's Dirty Mike and the boys, and they have a soup kitchen in his Prius, <laughs> that happened in the back of our Denali. I'm not joking. There was it adult was content of every kind every sort. in the back, and... All kinds of toys that did not belong in there. Yeah, things I don't, I can't unsee, unfortunately. But yeah. Yeah. So we were like, we don't want wanted... this vehicle anymore. Can you please just give it back to yeah. the guy? Had the guy had a couple warrants, it. and we just in talking with our insurance um, and our bank, they were like, you need to have a drug test on it to see if anything was in there and, you know, out of safety of bringing the kids back in, that was our biggest worry. Um, so we, a couple days later, got the results back from that and yep. there was meth and ecstasy in it. So yep. they, they had a real totally party. The vehicle. So yeah, in a matter of three days, a lot happened. He went. Yeah. Just, he, there was a lot in the vehicle. I mean, there was a backpack that had 13 bike. wallets in it. There was a brand new mountain bike, a backpack leaf blower, yeah. a skateboard, uh, cologne. I actually still use the cologne that I found in there. <laughs> you um, do. So thanks, thanks. That, that may fame. sound. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't care. The guy stole our vehicle. I can tell him. We laugh about it to this day. Yeah. We say thanks, James Pearson. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll post a uh, picture on the Instagram page yeah. of James Pearson. And we kept our followers up to date on it, and they kind of had fun following the oh, journey. Yeah. But. Anyways, so back to Alaska. That's that's the recap. <laughs> that was the of lowest what point, happened. but every day it just kept getting better and better. Yep. Hiking and you know, Coast Guard fishing and seeing bear and so that like we got an early early bedtime that night because we knew the next morning we were going to be hiking up, or we hiked up that night. 
We hiked up that night. Yeah, so we hiked up that night. The next morning was the start of the blacktail hunt. And so we started up the mountain. We didn't hike until 9.30, which it was still light. Yeah, we started hiking at 9.30. And we had a couple miles to go, probably 1,500 feet in elevation change. Yeah. And so um, we started going up. We get up probably two-thirds of the way to where we were going to set up camp. And See a couple we decided dope. to... Well, no, at that point we decided to stop and take a breath oh, and yeah. look around. And when we did, there was a big grizzly bear oh, at yeah. about 40 yards walking towards us. Well, the whole time we were slapping our hiking sticks together and, well, I guess we no, were just we talking, were talking loud. We yeah, were talking we were talking loud. loud on the way up there. And then Getting when the we brush. saw this bear, um, you know, I yelled, hey, bear, and... Sam immediately was like, <laughs> defense, I thought she was going to just be back down to the road, but uh, she stuck with me, and at that point, the bear stood up at about 40 yards, and when she stood up, we saw two cubs with her, Yeah. and that my got was, real pretty quickly. Yeah, my heart was pounding. With it just being the two of us on a mountain that we had only ever been one time, um, miles away from anybody else, and... Now we're encountering encountering a mother grizzly yeah. and two cubs. I felt like helpless. <laughs> yeah. What if something happens? We did have our in reach. So I mean, we scenario. we talk about it as if we were like, oh, we're bear food, but also we were composed enough to get video of it. That's true. We did. So, I think at this point, though, because of the confidence that like everyone else had, like those who lived in Alaska, we're like. Oh, we can do this. Yeah. I mean, mind you, I was really scared. I was really scared. But knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. But. Hopefully. Hopefully. I think my biggest concern was that, like, we would jump one of them when we were hiking up, and that I didn't want to do. Surprise So we just, yeah, we just, that we would surprise them. We made plenty of noise hiking up the mountain. And the mother and the cubs, they ended up looking at us for a couple minutes and we just kept making noise, making sure she knew where we were, what we were. Yeah. And they lost interest. So she kind of turned and brought her cubs um, over this knob onto the other side of the mountain. And um, we let we gave them several minutes before we continued. Yeah. But if we hadn't stopped to catch her breath and to look oh, around, I mean, ran. she was walking towards the path. Yeah the same distance as we were from where she would have crossed. So we would have crossed about the same time. Oh, yeah. We would have run right into her. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, luckily we did not. And I, think I remember... Good, um, whenever, on the first, whenever you launch, to kind of put some stuff in your stories just to oh, show yeah. them and you Yeah, can see. We'll, <laughs> we'll add a bunch of this stuff to our stories on the day that this, this episode launches. So yeah. um, be looking out for that. But... I remember specifically you looked at me after that incident and <laughs> you said, shaking. I love you, babe, and I'm doing this for you, but, but I, am I am not, not happy. happy about it. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh no, like, oh no, are we get about to turn around and go back yeah. down? Well, it's just sick to my stomach, scared, but yet like, I know this is Dan's like once in, not once in a lifetime, but this is what he's been waiting for and hoping for for so long. Like, I can't just end it for that. But it was, it was scary. Yeah. And then I had to explain to her that we were sleeping in our two-man tent uh, <laughs> a couple hundred yards from there. So we oh. get up to a spot. We saw a ton of deer on the way up yeah. there. They were all coming out right before dark because at that point it was getting dark around 11. Mm-hmm. And so we hiked up um, and we saw we saw deer starting to bed out on these rock outcroppings. Yeah, and they were totally excited. exposed and... I remember that night we probably saw, what, 15 to 20 deer total. And so we just set up our tent in the best spot we could. Um, The only really good flat spot that we had seen. And so we set it up there knowing that there were deer bedded basically all around us in this big bowl. Yeah. That, I mean, the farthest shot I would have had was like 300 and some yards. But there were deer on every side of us basically. So we went to bed that night. Did you fall asleep quickly that night? No, I think it took me a while. Dan usually falls asleep in like seconds. It takes me like 30 minutes to fall asleep. And I think even more so with everything going on, I think I 
prayed myself to sleep, like, Lord, please don't let us get eaten by a bear. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully they don't, like, smell our granola bars. And I was out. I yeah. was out, out. I think you knew what the morning held and you were yeah. anxious and excited. But we were up fairly early. We woke up. I set an alarm. 5.30. Made sure that it was or up. Yeah, whatever, whatever shooting time was. Whatever the first light was at that point, um, I made sure I was up ready to hunt before I could legally pull the trigger. Yeah. And so we got up, and as soon as I got out of the tent, you see deer. I saw deer. Like, I don't even think you stepped out yet, and you were like, there's I deer. wasn't even fully dressed. Yeah. I mean, there were deer right there, and so I was like, here we go. We're doing So this. I got my stuff together, told you, you know, hey, grab some stuff out of the tent, and you started grabbing stuff Camera, out. We started tripod. looking around, and it seemed like, again, every direction we turned there were deer. Yeah. And every time you would see like a bigger buck, you're like, okay, he looks like a shooter. Okay. Oh, there's well, another Well, and one. by bigger buck, yes. it's, <laughs> we were not expecting, um, I guess the antler size or the body size from these deer. In my mind, oh, Alaska, everything's big. I had done some research, so I knew that the, the bodies were smaller, that you weren't going to get huge antler growth mm-hmm. like you would on a mule deer in Colorado. But uh, I took I talked to a couple locals, just saying, you know, what should I expect? What should I look out for? And they said, hey, if you see a fork, yeah, shoot it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So we were we were looking, and I mean, within the first ten to fifteen minutes, we probably spotted ten was, to fifteen yeah. bucks, and they were all spikes. Yeah. And at that point, why don't you take this part over? Cause, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I was like your wingman here. Um, yeah, everywhere we turned, there was decent size. I mean, according to Alaska Bucks that we he was going to shoot. And there was one off to our left that he was kind of preparing to shoot. And I'm like, let's just take one more scan like of the horizon of the, um, the top of the mountain and see what we can see. And I look over to my right and there's a little dip in the mountain. And all you can see is the antlers of a deer. Was he coming over the mountain? He was coming over, but you could just see the silhouette. And I was like, babe. Like, there he is. And Dan looked and he was like, yeah. As soon as I turned, I was like, that is significantly larger than anything else we've seen. Yeah. And we watched it feed over the saddle. And it walked down um, to, I think it was like 214 yards. And it was with six other bucks Mm -hmm. just feeding on this hillside. Yeah. And so Sam called out the range for me. Um, I made the adjustment and... Pulled the trigger, and that was, that was basically it. it. We went over to it. We were both one of the most shocking things that we both thought was crazy was after he pulled the trigger, all the does around him looked up and then looked down and kept eating. Like didn't even jump, didn't move. Yeah, it didn't. They were like, them "Oh, there goes all. our friend down the hill," and they just kept eating. Yeah. So we walked over, and once we got closer, they started moving off. But we got over and started. Uh, taking care of the deer, cleaning yeah. it, um, quartering it, getting all the meat packed I think it took, the, took a little bit longer because I was worried about a deer or a bear. So the whole time I'm like looking over my shoulder, you know, I couldn't fully be all in with gutting it with him yeah. because we wanted to be mindful. Yeah, but. we basically sat on opposite sides of the deer and every probably 15 to 20 seconds we would look up and make sure there was nothing coming up behind us. Yeah. Because grizzlies have a crazy good sense of smell. Luckily, at that point in the year, the salmon are running. And so most of the bears are going to be down by the water um, feeding on salmon. But yeah. we didn't want to take any chances. So no. we got everything cleaned up. Uh, packed up. Packed up. Was... Started heading down the mountain. I mean, we were back down the mountain early afternoon on day one. Yeah. And one of the things that we had both talked about is, you know, there's so much that Alaska has to offer and this was just kind of a I'm gonna hunt because I because we can and because we'll obviously use the meat bless some of the people that we knew with the meat and um, we just want to make sure we're not missing out on other things because we're spending so much time up on the mountain hunting yeah and so we were super thankful super blessed to get a deer right away the first day Um, and then we could get back down have that experience that story that meat um, but also get to spend more time with friends yeah, rest. and find out what else Alaska had to offer. Did we make the venison tacos that night? 
We did. Yep. We made venison tacos immediately. And then we had blueberry and salmon berry oh, uh, crumble, was it? crumble oh, it was with ice cream. It was unbelievable. Yeah, so good. So we did that, got back down, got all the meat packed up and processed. And then uh, the next day we woke up and... Did a little sightseeing. Did some sightseeing. Because we hadn't like, taken it easy yet. We were kind of go, go, go and yeah, went on a walk. Did we do a bike ride? Went on a walk. We went and saw the museum, the Welcome Center. Yeah. Um, a bunch of that stuff. Went on a bike ride and then did salmon fishing later mm -hmm. that afternoon. We did, um, was it the second time salmon fishing we saw an eagle? Yeah. Uh, we had seen eagles throughout the trip, but nothing like this. We were about to go down to the river at this, at this spot that... Um, our friend Taylor said it was a good spot. And as we're about to walk down the hill to the spot, yeah. an eagle just flies right over our head and drops down right where we, we were going to go. Yeah. And Sam, I had never been more attracted to her in my <laughs> life. I'm thinking, like, I want to get cool video of this. And she was like, Ten feet away. I'm going fishing. <laughs> you guys can stay up here and take video all you want. I'm going oh, yeah. fishing. So she took off down the hill and I was going to get video of it flying away. I thought that might be cool. And it did not care that we were there at no. all. It just hung out in the river, kept grabbing minnows, yeah. kept grabbing fish, and picking it up, eating it, all while we stood down there was like 10, and fly fish. And so we were fly fishing, caught a bunch of fish that day in several different spots. Mm -hmm. And then that evening... Yeah, we went hiking. When did we do the rodeo? Ooh. Do you remember? We went to Maybe the rodeo on Kodiak Island, and it was a lot of fun. It oh, yeah, was it was the next night. It was out on this um, little private farm, but basically a third of the whole population yeah. of Kodiak uh, would drive way out into the middle of nowhere to this farm, and they did a rodeo. Yeah, family-friendly so event. We got to hang out, do that, eat some good food, and then head back. Yeah. And then the next day was our last day. Yep. And the last thing that I wanted to do was paddleboarding. We so went. we went to this beautiful spot. Yes. Um, the opposite direction. We hadn't driven down the road in this direction. And by the road, I mean like there is one, one. main road that runs basically throughout the civilized part of the island. Yeah. Which is such a small chunk of the island. Yeah, but there's a bunch of side streets. But yeah, we went down the opposite direction. To this cove, to this cliff, and this lookout, and we brought the paddle boards out. And as we were out paddle boarding, we saw fish in the tens of thousands. Yeah, underneath the paddle boards. Hung out there for an hour, mm -hmm. hour and a half, yeah. and then we had to be back to catch our flight. Yeah. So. And we picked up our fish, boxed it up. Got it all ready for the flight. Would we have two boxes that we checked in? Yeah, we had two full were, boxes, which... All the meat was deep, like, was in the deep freeze, so it was... It was super, yeah. super cold. We... So, the cool thing is there's a Walmart there in Kodiak, and you can buy these boxes that have... Um, it's a cardboard box, but it has a perfectly fitted styrofoam cooler insert for it. Mm -hmm. And so, you just buy the whole package... You can throw all of your meat in that, and uh, once you tape up the styrofoam, you slide it into the box and then tape the box up really well, and that kept cold. I mean, yeah. everything we had was still frozen solid about 24 hours later yeah. when we finally got to Mis or back to our home in Fort Collins. I think there was maybe like one chunk of meat and one fish that was slightly softened or defrosted. Oh, yeah. That was it. That, yeah, so it, it's cool that you can have all of that meat that you caught wild there on the island that you hunted, yeah. fished, whatever, but you have it all to eat as soon as you get home. Yeah. And so we've been eating that for the last year now. We're still, yeah. We're still finishing some stuff up. We brought back a couple bags of um, vacuum-sealed berries mm -hmm. that we picked still on the island. Um, and then all the fish, rock fish, lingcod, salmon, and venison. Yeah, 
So it, all in all, it was an unbelievable trip. I cannot believe that we were able to do it. Yeah. But we had a ton of fun. It was a great experience. I, I'm ready to go back. What about you? Yeah, for sure. It was the most like peaceful, like the most peace I felt ever. I mean, part of that could be that we didn't have children with us. That's probably true. (laughs) It was like, oh my gosh, this is what freedom feels like. (laughs) Just like everywhere you turn. I think, like I said earlier, like living off the land, eating the berries, hunting the animals, um, experiencing all the different like activities and that's their daily life. Like there, that's what's so intriguing about it, and why we kind of choose this nomadic lifestyle is kind of making the money that we need to do the things we love. Yeah, I agree, and so that's definitely something on the list that we want to continue to do: go up there, stay up there, maybe for extended periods of time, bring the kids up so that they can experience yeah, it. Yeah, we do want to. But um, I think this next time you're going to have the blacktail license. Yes. And you'll be pulling the trigger. But, I mean, the thing that that I love about hunting is success doesn't come only from pulling the trigger. Or having meat in the freezer. Like, it was a successful trip up there. Even if we hadn't caught a fish. Even if we hadn't caught or shot a deer. Um, But the adventure... The stories, the memories, like that's a trip that I will never forget. Mm -hmm. And the least of it was setting the hook or pulling the trigger. Yeah, Um, I agree. We had a lot of fun. And so it's something that we will continue to do years and years and years down the road. Yeah. And uh, we're going to keep exploring new places. Absolutely. Well, thanks for being on my podcast, babe. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun to reminisce and talk. And uh, why don't you tell everybody again if they want to hear from you if they want to see what you're doing um give them your information so like i said instagram we are at we are dan and sam all spelled out um for weddings our wedding coordinating business is matthews weddings and events our last name is matthews with two or with one t like (laughs) wow i've never even heard you kind of matthews with one t like the matthews bow so that's basically where you can find me on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, check it out. She catch she captures way more stuff than I do. I I get the funny side of Dan that he doesn't always allow everyone to see, which you do. But... Oh, I don't care if people see it. I just don't I'm I'm trying to get used to like recording things or yeah, Social having media. things on my phone whereas Sam is like every chance. It's like <laughs> We need to... Look over this way. Oh, look, I just videoed that. That's awesome. I'm going to edit it. I'm going to post it. And I'm just like, even with trying to start a podcast, I'm like, I don't even know how to save something on here. So she's teaching me all of that. But if you want to check out more about us, about our family, um, things outside of hunting, fishing, camping, and all that, go ahead and check out her Instagram stuff. And she keeps people in the loop about our day-to-day. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, babe. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. And I definitely had a good time talking with my wife about our trip up to Alaska. That's something I know we both are looking forward to doing again. And if you haven't already, go ahead and leave a review and a rating. Um, That just gives me some feedback about the podcast and could be very helpful. Until next time, always choose adventure, God bless, and have a great week.